Welcome to Struggling Blessed But Not Alone podcast. This is a faith-based podcast where your host, Teresa, will share her life struggles with you as well as interview others on their life struggles to show you no matter what is going on, God will get you through it. No storm is too big or too small for him. Please sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of joe or beverage. Enjoy today's episode. Here is your host, Teresa. Hey guys, we are at another week and I'm so excited and I know you're excited as well. I know you're here for me, but I hope you're more here for Luke and and what God has done in and through him just to watch how God is working. Be here more for God than and let God use me to work in and through me to show you guys how God really is a good God. Um, So before we get started on Luke's interview, let's talk about a few things. Let's first talk about last last week's podcast, my solo if you are one of the seven, oh, let's say if you're the one of the first up until late Friday night, Saturday morning, because I had a lot of listeners. Within an hour and a half, I had over seven listens. So I have to say, if you are in within that time frame, you may want to go back and listen because um, I did pull it down and then put it back up because I listened to it after the first hour and a half and you know something in my spirit was saying you need to listen again and I had listened already and I had recorded and recorded and I had lost one of the epi- parts of the episode so I had to go back and play it so there was a lot going on that day or that whole week going on and I just was having a stressful week as you saw so after it, I published it I decided I couldn't I was shocked not that I wasn't I mean I know I'm getting a lot of listens and that's great and God is really blessing me and the numbers are going up but I was just shocked within an hour and a half I had so like seven people listen and I was like oh my gosh so I but I thought to myself you know what I'm still not happy with it let me go back and fix it so I figured out how to fix it so you may need to go back if you don't hear me talking about it um you may need to go back and um, listen to it again. And I will say the way I published it, I did it up the beginning part again. And because I had so many listens on it, I fixed it in episodes. So you have to really kind of listen to it and make sure that the meat of the episode where I talk about the same thing, I come back from the break and say, okay, guys, I've, you know, I also reannounced that I've changed it because I needed to make sure that I had put the right one in there. Um, because of my vision loss, I have a little bit more of a struggle, but we got it done. So again, that was resources and sources. So you may want to go back and check that out. Also share these things with your friends as you are. If you haven't heard anyone, but you've heard one of them, I promise you go back and listen to another one. If you're new, please thank you for coming for the first time. Thank you for a friend sharing it with you. But please check out all of them because I promise you, you will see how God has just birthed something so quickly and how each episode has changed. So I want to thank any new viewers because I'm sure with Luke's story. And and once this gets out and all the people start hearing, there will be first time listeners. So thank you for that as well. I also will share if you are a regular follower and you are following me in the Bible and you've dusted off your Bible, let's go there. Let's talk about, we did the book of James. We've talked about the book of Philippians as well. We read that last week. I brought you to Ephesians, Ephesians, And I want to tell you this week, I'm not going to give you one. I've thought about it while I was in my prayer time and my time with the Lord. And I'm going to do it every other episode when we do the solo episodes is when I'm going to give you another section to read. So if you haven't caught up or you're new, 
you know, just start reading those chapters. Um, what I do with people is, or with you guys, for anyone who's new, I literally um, start you out with telling you, start reading the first book of James because it only has five chapters do one chapter a day. And then Philippians only has four chapters. Ephesians has six chapters. So you can slowly go through those books and really digest, read, make sure you're always praying to God to get, let, make sure he gives you what you need out of those verses. You also, as I've talked about, if you're struggling and have some trouble doing it and think, I still don't understand, but I think those chapters are really good and easy, um, for you to, to digest. And they're really good chapters. Um, but you can go through to the Through the Word app. There's a, an app called Through the Word that I use with Pastor Chris. It is a great um, Bible app that you can use where he does chapter by verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and it's really good where he'll take you each day through a, a verse, or not a verse, but a, a chapter of the Bible just kind of like I'm doing with you guys. Um, but he's a good resource source, and you can also go to Uversion Bible app. So that's about the Bible. Did you exercise this week? I did. I got off my couch and did my couch to 10K. I finally said it correctly. Again, as you know, last week I struggled. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the prayers for Mandy. Mandy is feeling a little bit better, but she's got a long road of, ahead of her. So keep praying for her as well. Um, if you haven't listened to that interview, that's another great one. Um, I think, I hope that you guys also, if you are an ongoing listener that you've listened to Miss Anne from Inspirational Journey Stories That Matter, she's done my interview where she interviews me. So go check that out on Inspirational Journey Stories That Matter. Also, if you, you should have gone there last week, as I explained, because you got a little bit about Luke and I'm getting there. I know, I know grandpa struggles is sitting here next to me, nudging me, telling me that I need to just stop talking and go. Yes, Teresa, my coffee. I'm trying to wait to drink my coffee and eat my pie for that interview, but let's go. Let's go. Okay. Grandpa struggles. I'm doing it. You know, Teresa, grandpa struggles, as I told you last week, just doesn't have much patience, but Calm down, Grandpa Struggles. She's going to get there. Let her tell her her listeners what to expect. Hi, guys. Luke is so good. Okay, guys. Yes, Grandma Struggles. Yes, Grandpa Struggles. Um, I will get there. Thank you, Grandma Struggles, for, for telling me that I have some more time. <laughs> um, but as you know, Grandma and Grandpa Struggles will be each week, each other, every other week doing the um, podcast as well. Um but let you know what, let's just go. I wanted to talk about my friend Trish Bouvier, who is a podcaster and an author. You heard her last week. She's going to come on eventually and talk about perfection. But you know what, let me stop going on and on. I will talk next week in my solo. I know you'll be back. I know this is a brand new friendship that we have. So thank you for being my friend, for listening, for subscribing, for all that stuff. But now I'm going to do a break with my promo and then it is going to impress you and God is going to show up everywhere and show you no matter what stage of life you are, no matter where you are with the walk with, with your walk with God, whatever struggles you're going through with Luke and as Mandy did, he is going to show you how he can flip everything upside down, turn it around and bring it back better. Kind of like a Job story. Okay, guys, here we go. Enjoy. I'll see you next week, but please listen to the end. I know you're going to have no problem listening to the end because there is not a moment of Luke's life that does not, that God does not want you to hear that will not impress you. Okay. And thank you, Luke, for letting me do this, for airing your interview. Thank you, God, as well. Here we go. 
Hey y'all, this is Luke Seibert. Just want to take a few minutes and share about my four novels that I've published. So the first one is The Master of My Life, and it's a modern day uh, novel. It's inspired by some things I've gone through. And then the Chestnut Valley series is a historical fiction trilogy. What each of these have in common is that they show us that the gospel can affect every aspect of our life, and it should. So I encourage you to check them out at lukecybert.com. Cybert's S-E-I-B-E-R-T. I'm also on Facebook and on Amazon. Hope they're a blessing. Hey guys, I'm back with my favorite next person to interview, Luke Seibert. How are you, Luke, today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so glad you can join me on an episode or a podcast and, and share your stories of your struggles and your life story. So why don't you give us a, a little bit of a bio about yourself? Because nobody could talk better about you than you. So boast about yourself at this moment. Go for it, my friend. Okay. So I'm uh, currently enrolled uh, doing online uh, classes with Midwestern Baptist Seminary, doing that. And I preach regularly at uh, a church here in Alabama where I'm from. I live in North Alabama and go to a fairly small church at Elkhorn Baptist Church, and I preach pretty regularly there. And uh, besides that, I enjoy filling my time. Uh, I write books. I've written self-published four novels so far, and to enjoy playing bluegrass music and stuff with friends. And so, yeah, among those things, I, I stay pretty busy, but um, uh, the Lord's opened a lot of doors, and I'm looking forward to see what he does in the future. Okay, I'm not going to let you stop with your bio there because you have a large family. So before we get okay, started, yeah, yeah. talk right. about your 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 lovely large family. Okay, yeah. So I'm the oldest of seven children, and uh, I live on the same property as as my mom and my uh, five of my siblings and stuff. And so we were all homeschooled, and so we were all together growing up. And that's uh, been some adventures sometimes, but it's been it's been good and a lot of opportunities. And so. Uh, we have a, a home business that my mom runs and my siblings uh, help out with and do that. Uh, soap Commander, we make homemade show, uh, shaving soap products and, and sell those online. But yeah, it's, it's great. You know, I'm still same property, so I'm able to go over there and help out when things are needed or they can come over here and stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's really good. We've got a, got a lot of uh, good unity in the family. So you always have a party going on, huh? <laughs> it seems like it, yes. Wow. You know, a, lot of times at, a lot of times at night we're just like wrapping stuff up a lot of times we're just laughing at something someone says or is doing we have a good time that sounds like fun okay all right so so we can get started luke i know you have a great story and a great um you know just how god has helped you through your struggles in your life so let's just start on can you tell me how your life was before your oh my gosh i knew i was gonna forget <laughs> before your 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 life changing event that's the way it goes okay yeah all right so I grew up in uh, Maryland when my dad was stationed in the Navy up there. And then uh, when he retired, we moved down here to Alabama when I was 12. And uh, we had a little bit of land, about 10 acres or so. And I just loved doing stuff outside, and especially building things. For about as long as I can remember, I've always loved playing Legos. I could you know, have a pile of Legos and be content for hours and hours and doing that. And then once we got down here to Alabama, uh, started doing more stuff outside, just building forts out in the woods and just doing stuff like that with friends. And then by the time high school hit, I was starting to do some more like with that. I was uh, helping out some people doing some uh, handyman projects over the summer and some things like that. And 
started going on some, some mission trips here on the States. Didn't, I didn't go overseas for those mission trips, just different places here in Alabama or uh, I think in Kansas or Kentucky, going and helping doing some uh, remodeling projects. We would go and help uh, remodel a place to convert it into a church or help out things like that. And I love that. I love being able to go out there with other local, with other local believers, go in there and, and help use the skills that God gave me, you know, with, with construction to be able to do that. And so that was through um, high school. And then I ended up going after graduating high school, went to uh, Northwest Shoals Community College and getting an associate's degree in carpentry and cabinet making. And through that intern on framing crew and got started some cabinet shops. And so by the time I was 19, I was, I was loving stuff. I was, had worked on a couple of frame, one framing crew and then two cabinet shops and was doing stuff for myself on the weekends. And with one of my good friends that I had gone through a trade school with, and we had both worked together on the same crew. We had gone through school together since we were 18 and done competitions together in carpentry and stuff. And we were, things were just going great and love that. And um, had been asked, so that was basically my life. You know, if I wasn't hanging out with friends or at church, I, I was working and stuff, so but you, I, I was involved in church. You know, I was a believer and with some of those mission trips, I would be asked to give a missions report to a local group of churches and stuff. And that, that scared me to, scared me to death to get up in front of people and talk. I just, I like to stay in the background most of the time and I would help out run the sound system at church, just kind of do things more behind the scenes. I didn't like getting up in front, but I would get up and do that. But most times if you could put some tools in my hands, I'd be good to go and just let, let me go at it. And so, yeah, that was, that was kind of life. Go ahead. No, that's cool. So I'm going to say, so you're a real carpenter like, like Jesus was. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I love doing, love doing that. So now you do play a little bit of, of guitar. Is it guitar, right? Yeah. Yep. Play so were guitar. you, did you, before your life-changing accident, were you always, were you always into music? Cause obviously a soundboard means that you did something with, you know, music or, yeah. or video audio uh, type stuff. Right. And so, yeah, I had been in, um, music probably most of most of my life you know girl my mom uh, knew piano so she taught us growing up wanted us to have a, a good foundation with music theory and stuff like that just with the piano and then when I was about oh 14 or 15 or so something about that time period I started uh, play uh, start playing guitar and just it's something I wanted to do for a long time just I just love the sound of guitar and what it can do uh, an acoustic guitar and so I picked it up with that and it was actually kind of funny how the um Laura worked this out because I got started I love the sound of bluegrass music but I didn't really have a whole lot of people to play with and I didn't really know what I was doing with it and so I went to, to trade school and turns out that my carpentry instructor he he plays a fiddle and so for like every Thursday for like two years we'd stay after class or over at his place and me and him playing bluegrass music together for like an hour or so each each week and just had a great time you know we'd get together have a meal and talk about things about scripture too while we were eating or before supper and then afterward go down to his basement and just play music together and we we did that you know consistent for about two years and then ever since you know we've still gotten together and played but that was really cool how the, how the lord worked that out that is cool so do your brothers and sisters since your mom plays do all your brothers and sisters play as well could you have a home band like michael jackson but not maybe not be that famous and not really be <laughs> yeah um yeah, all my siblings do play uh, something. We play various instruments. I have um, a couple of my sisters play violin. Most of them play piano. 
uh, one of our brothers, he plays a, a brass instrument called a euphonium. I mean, just, just different things that we've picked up over the years. Wow. So you really got to have a fun night at your house on the weekends if everyone's playing. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes we have a lot of the instruments are in the same room. So they're, you know, there's checking, okay, are you going to go practice now? Or is it, can I go and see we're not on top of each other? But yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's most of the time, there's usually some kind of music going on. If it's, if someone's not playing an instrument, we're usually listening to a CD or something like that. That is cool. And does your dad play as well? No, no, he does not. So he must be the singer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, like he says, you know, he plays the radio. He plays the radio. That's a good one. So, well, someone's got to be the audience if y'all are playing. So why not have right. it be dad, right? Yeah. Okay, so, well, that's really cool. So, wow. Um, every time you talk to me, I learn so much. Um, so that brings you to 19. So, so what, like so you went to college and you did only two years of college, you said, correct? Yeah, just did two years. Um, when to do it. And actually, as it, as it turns out, the trade school I went to that is actually one of the best trade schools for, for carpenter stuff in the, in the country and stuff and had a lot of great opportunities and uh, was able to participate in some competitions uh, through that. And that, that I'd gone through that to get the training and stuff. But in terms of school, I was like, no, this is it. Uh, I don't want anything else. I don't want to go back to school for anything else. You know, I didn't have any really dreams or plans to go back and get like a bachelor's. I thought maybe one day, you know, cause I knew one school locally here had an online program for like a biblical studies or something like that. I thought well, you know, it might be cool to maybe get that one day, just doing a little bit of time online, but I didn't really aspire to, to go back to school after I got the two year degree. So that's interesting. I don't want you to, to discuss what your what your what your life struggle is at this point. I want to ask you a few questions, then we'll take a break, and then we'll bam right into that one. Um, but so I want to ask you. So you had no more desire to go to school. Did you really want to be a pastor at that point, or or speak? Because you really weren't looking. You wanted to do soundboard and different things like that. Yeah. So I guess that wasn't in your your realm. No, n not at all. I mean, I had been asked. Um, there's uh, uh, two counties where I used to live. Uh, it was the Colbert Lauderdale Baptist Association. I was involved with them with a lot of mission trips uh, from like when I was 16 on. And I would get to get to speak at like associational, associational meetings and stuff like that to give mission reports. But just do it like those five minute updates. Man, I, I got so nervous. I didn't want to do this at all. And so there was I didn't really have any desire to to get up in front of people and speak. You know, I was fine helping out. Um, working with people and sheriffs stuff as we're working. I used to help out on a farm when I was 19 there, uh, help out on the weekends. And there was this one boy who would, the, the grandson of the guy who owned it. And we worked a lot of times and he was, oh, he was like 11 at the time or so. And just, I enjoyed just spending time with him and, and talking. And I, you know, I was fine with that, you know, helping out young guys, just talking and sharing about stuff as we're working. But I didn't really have any dreams to get up in front of people and teach. Okay, so that's one question I'm going to ask before we get to your, your event changing story. But did you also want to be a writer before this? Did you ever, ever have any passions to, because now you have four books out there. So, yeah. you know, did you, were you, were you start, did you start writing or did your life event change a lot more for you? Yeah, it completely changed after that event. I mean, like growing up through school, I, I hated writing most of the time. You know, we did do a little bit of creative writing for, for school, but I don't know, my story just never went anywhere it's like okay this person and this person they did this and there's the end there wasn't really any conflict that I didn't really enjoy it you know there's one time I tried to 
ride a little bit of a story maybe once or twice just kind of pick it up a little bit but i was like after like a couple of chapters i was like this isn't going anywhere or might write the story i just gave up i was like you know what forget it I, this isn't fun i don't enjoy this i'd much rather go outside and you know you know play some kind of you know so, so with my brothers or with the neighborhood some of my neighbor friends and we got outside you know play for or whatever i love just doing that but writing no all right, so guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break here and then we're going to come back and Luke is going to talk because you took us all the way to age 19, right, Luke? Yes. At this point. So then when we get back, we're going to talk about what happened. It wasn't like at his birthday or anything like that, I don't think, but he'll let us know what was this life-changing event and how his world just shifted, changed, and how God was really is still today. He has a struggle, but he knows he's blessed and he's definitely not alone. Correct, Luke? Well, we know you're not alone because yeah, you've got a big family, but we know that God is on your side. Am I telling Absolutely. the truth with that? Absolutely. Yes, you are. All right. So let's take a break and we'll be right back, guys. I can't wait to come back in here, but we got to get the sponsor out. Okay, guys, we are back. I hope you like that um, sponsorship. Got to get that done. But Luke, okay, so now we're at the point where you are 19. Tell me, like, I know it didn't probably just happen at 19, but just start wherever, like, whatever part you want to start and just share and whatever you okay. want to share. Yeah, this is your yeah. floor, my friend. Thank you. You're welcome. So beginning of, of 2016, I guess it was, I had started going to a new church. We had moved still in North Alabama, but you know, closer to some larger cities. So I started going to this other church and it was still, a, a, it was a smaller church, probably about a, a hundred people or so. And um, I was, pretty involved you know stuff going to most most of the services and stuff and then the pastor he he approached me i guess it was about march or so and had a, an idea that he wanted to present to me and he said that on the easter on easter each year they have a couple of the young men give a short short message you know so two people giving like a 10 or 15 minute message and he asked if i would be willing to do it that year and at first i was like uh no way no way i, I could do this and stuff but I thought about it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can, I can do 10 minutes. Uh, I could, I could do this. And so I, I agreed to do that. And I was working with my buddy, uh, Joseph on the, on the weekends, we were finishing up a job that had taken us a little while, but things were going good. We had just lacked about what we got one more day, I think, to finish up that job we were doing. We were doing some work on a garage for a guy that we both knew. And so had those things going on. And then our church ended up having revival services this one week there in March. And Sunday went good. And I had, you know, worked all day Monday and then went, drove down there for Monday night services. And things went, things went well there, had a, had a good service and hung out with a bunch of the people afterwards. And a lot of times a bunch of us young people, would, we would hang out for a while after church ended and stuff. But this was about 930 or so. I don't remember the exact time. But um, we all left and started headed home. And I had about a 45 minute drive to get back to, to my house. And which was, I didn't mind it. You know, I had, had a pretty good truck and stuff and things were going well. And things went pretty good. Uh, didn't, didn't really have any problems. I don't think uh, way back until I was about five minutes from the house and on a little two lane country road. And there was a big moving van uh, coming in the opposite lane. And uh, for whatever reason, he craw it crossed the center lane and hit my truck and uh, spun me out and the just the impact of that that wreck it, it uh, broke my left arm and it uh 
crush my face and snap the retinas of my eyes. So that it caused instant blindness. And I don't have a memory of the wreck. I just know what other people have told me. And so the, the paramedics, they, they got there, someone called them, they got and rushed me to the, to the local hospital. And we, we know the paramedics now and have a good relationship with them. But they told my parents later that they didn't think I was, I'd be making the 30 minutes it take to get to the hospital. Um, and just, just the really the extent of the injuries and stuff. But they uh, were able to stabilize me and stop some of the, the brain aneurysms that I had. And through a series of events, my family found out about it a lot later than the wreck actually happened and we we're able to come to the hospital. My, my parents were, had some friends we went to church with. They came over and watched, stay with the rest of my siblings. But, um, so we were able to stabilize me at this one hospital, the Huntsville hospital here in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And because of insurance reasons, they were trying to get me down to Birmingham, try to keep it in, try to keep me in state. But Birmingham kept saying they don't, they don't have room. They didn't have room to take me and just kept going back and forth about that. And, this is something that the Lord did was that during that whole time we were going back and forth, the head trauma surgeon who was over my case, he said to my parents, I don't usually do this, but something told me to do another CAT scan on his head. And we did, he found another aneurysm that on my head that was about to to burst. And one of the larger than the other ones had been there. And so he he told the surgeon who would have to do the surgery, he says, you got to go do this now. You know, his life is basically on the line. You have to do this. Wow. And the surgeon says, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't go in there and, cl- and stop that and close up the wound. His face is just too messed up. I can't do it. And the doctor basically told him he didn't have a choice. He had to do it. And the Lord got his hands, able to do it. And they were able to stop the aneurysm. And, uh, and then because Birmingham still didn't have anything opened up, they ended up transferring me to Vanderbilt and underwent several surgery, a couple surgeries there. Um, one, a facial reconstruction and they, put some rods in my left arm and then sent me down the street after about a week or so there they sent me to a Stallworth rehabilitation hospital and um it's there at Stallworth that the rehab place is where I'm where my memory picks up you know I've just been telling you where the people have said I have a two-week memory gap I remember leaving church and making it out maybe five minutes down the road mm-hmm. and then being in rehab so everything else in between there uh, I don't have a memory of but so uh, another thing that the Lord really, a couple of things that the Lord really worked in was that um, because of the extent of my uh, injuries, they had to wire my jaw shut. Um, so when I woke up in the hospital, I wasn't able to talk my, with my jaw being wired shut and um, couldn't see, you know, obviously because of being blind, but didn't realize that at the time. But so I didn't, wasn't, it would seem like I didn't have a way to communicate back to my family or to the doctors or something, but years years ago one of my siblings was a, a late talker and so my family had learned some parts of american sign language uh, finger spelling to go to communicate and we've kept it up and had a deaf uh, friend that i had been communicating some with and so i knew a little bit of it and had been brushing up on the skills and so my family tells me that when i actually woke up in the hospital uh, after a couple of days there they uh, i started finger spelling and that's how i was communicating and my family, of course, that they knew it too. So they were able, they ended up being interpreters for me. And so my hearing was fine. Nothing had happened with that. And, but just one of the Lord had prepared us years ahead of time for something that we would never have seen, foreseen coming. And uh, the Lord had gone ahead and prepared us for that. But anyway, so back to, to back to the rehab. So I, I remember being there a couple of days and my first couple of memories were just kind of fuzzy, just doing therapies and you know, physical therapy and things like that. 
But there was one day, uh, I do remember distinctly that the, um, one of the head doctors there had come in they, and she was telling my mom, my mom had, was able to stay with me. They had a double room that they allowed me, us to be able to use. And she told my mom that uh, they had run some tests on my eyes and they had tests had come back positive to, to show that uh, they, my blindness was permanent. That because of the type of injury that they couldn't uh, do any type of surgery to repair the nerves. And so there really wasn't anything they could do. And up until then, I didn't realize that I was blind. I, I knew I had like these thick gauze pads over my eyes and I, I just kind of took it for granted. I thought everything would be fine. You know, a couple of days, go home, I'll be fine. I oh, so you thought, I'm sorry, can I stop you for a minute? Yeah, yeah. So you thought because the gauze was on your eyes, you just couldn't see because there was gauze. So, so you just thought when the gauze came off, you were going to see again. Because what would, yeah, yeah you, I, you have gauze on your eyes. So that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think much about it. I just kind of like, okay, I don't have to be here. And then once I finish up here at rehab, I'll be able to go home and just kind of took it for granted that everything was just going to go right back to the way it was. Um, that I'd be able to see and all that. And so when she says that the, uh, they can't repair my eyes and I'll be blind for life, everything just kind of came to a screeching halt. And I was thinking, I was, everything just was spinning my mind. I was like, what? what how, how can this be? You know, I had all these dreams of... Uh-huh running my own framing crew and doing all, all these different things. And I was like, how, how does that work with being blind? And I didn't even really know what to think about it. And so uh, one thing I ha- had been doing was instead of signing all the time, because I would end up signing a lot with my fingers a lot faster than my family could interpret. So they got a small little portable uh, whiteboard and I would write on that and they could, they could make out what I was, um was writing. So I wrote on there, I was like, mom, she's crazy. Don't listen to her. I'll be fine. I was just doing that, just trying to, you know, protect my family. I, right. And I was to, just trying to process it. Right. Yeah. You're trying to, yeah, I get it. Cause me being losing my sight through the years, you, 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 as a, for me, as the changes were happening, I'm like, no, this ain't happening. This ain't possible. But yeah. So you're just trying to exactly process it, get it through. Wow. Right. And before I let you go on, I want to make a comment to, you know, I have learned in my life and talked to many people how it's amazing. We think we're doing something like, like you were learning how to sign language for something you thought, or you didn't want to do something. And yeah. God's like, oh no, I've got another plan for you. So it's, it's, it's amazing how God crafts something that you just think like, okay, I know how to sign. It's not a big deal. But then all of a sudden you don't think a life-changing thing's going to happen or something will happen. We just don't know the tracks we're going to turn, I guess is the question. Yeah. Cause I was learning, um, I had no job when I came here to Texas and, or when I got here, I had a job and then I had no job for 10 months because the government shut down and I was, and I was, I had a lot more sight and I started learning Braille and learning it quickly. And then, you know, and I, no one ever told me I would lose so much sight. So I get it. And I was learning mm-hmm. how to use the cane. And then all of a sudden 10 months, I get a job. And then t- about 10 months later, bam, my eyes are gone, but this is about you. So mm-hmm. let's keep going. But my moral of that is yeah. it's always amazing how God places different things in our lives that we are not like realizing what we're learning something for we think it's for one thing and bam it's for something else so yeah but keep going my friend so so you so now let me take you back so you remember where you left off so you're you're writing on this on this whiteboard that your mom's kind of crazy and everything's going to be okay so then what yeah and so then I just remember just thinking I don't want to think about this I don't want to think about what all this means how it's going to work out um and I just they I just knew I wanted to be home I didn't want to be there in the rehab anymore. I just had to, you know, I knew I had to push through my therapies and be able to get home. And so I did that. But while I was there, a couple of people had come to, to visit me because it was just up in Nashville. It was about an hour and a half from our home, not, not too far. So our um, 
pastor and his wife, they, they visited me in the hospital, but I don't remember that. But we're sitting there in rehab. I'm sitting there in rehab and he's talking with me. And uh, he says, uh, I forget even how it came up, but he says, uh, so Luke, do you think God might be calling you to be a pastor? And I was like, you've got to be outside your mind. <laughs> like they no, what is no way I'm going to do that. And we just kind of went on. I didn't say that, but that was what I was thinking in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, some other friends of ours we'd gone to church with, they were up visiting me. And one of them said a similar thing too. And I was like, wait, what are you guys talking about? You know, I, I can't do this. There's no way. Besides just being blind, you know, I, I didn't know what that meant, what I could even do. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know any blind people at this point. I one blind person had come to a church years ago, like a couple times, but I didn't, I just kind of said hi to her a couple times, or she, she said hi to me, like in the welcome line or something like that, but didn't know any blind people personally. So I didn't know what I could do. And besides the fact, you know, I hated getting up in front of people, but mm-hmm. just kind of let it pass and went on. And then after a couple more weeks, two weeks there in rehab, I was able to go home um, and stuff and still at home. Then I thought things were okay. We'll try to get back to some kind of normal. Um, I had re- before the wreck, I had remodeled the house that we were living in, so I knew the layout pretty well and stuff. And was getting around and just doing that. And my mom had gotten some braille flashcards when she found out that I would be blind, and so we were just practicing every day. She would help me and just oh, trying to help me learn mom. braille because I knew that I would have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like, okay, is this is something I have to do, and I was doing. So I kept working on that. And I really wanted to be able to, to read the Bible again for myself. You know, my family, my mom would, would read it to me every day, um, but I really wanted to be able to read it for myself, you know, not just listen to it, but actually read it. So that was my motivation to learn Braille, really pushing on that. And Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to take you back. Your motivation to read was to read the Bible. That's amazing. So you wanted to yeah. read it in Braille. God bless. Yep. Yep. And then so you so are going to be that pastor. We, we now know that. <laughs> but yeah. <go. laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so they did have someone from the Department of Rehab would come out and help me learn Braille. But uh, two, it was some textbooks and stuff. But I don't know. Some of the stories were just kind of kind of weird or odd. But I ended up getting a, a Braille Bible through the uh, Braille Bibles International. And I would just turn to a passage I was familiar with and just start. My mom would start filling the blanks and start trying to uh, learn Braille that way as well. And so I was able to, to learn Braille and to, to read that and learn how to use a cane and just some other things like that. But and then time went on. I did get my mouth unwired and, and stuff after a few, a few months with that, um, a couple of weeks with, with the wire and, and stuff. Did but, you go uh, home? Did you go home with the yeah. wiring in the mouth? Okay. So you, you were I still, did. your mouth was still wired while you're doing all this Braille stuff and trying to right. get my, some uh, kind of normalcy. Yeah. My, my jaw was, was broken in four places in the wreck. So they, that's why I had to stay wired shut for a while, but, um, they mm-hmm. didn't, they, after that, they did, they did take him out and then slowly was able to work up to be able to chew solid, to chew solid food again. But so this whole time I'm trying to do this, you know, this couple, first couple of months after being home, I'm still fighting my blindness. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. totally blind. So I can't see, I can't see anything, mm-hmm. but I kept trying to think, explain to myself that, okay, it's not really going to be different. I can still go on with all these dreams and other things that I've had, but as the months continued, I just found things weren't, things weren't happening. I couldn't go back to the way things were. Uh, I was basically just sitting in a, in a rocking chair most of the day. And uh, I was really didn't want to deal with blindness. And what I did think about being blind and what that meant, I just, I don't know if it's being discouraged and things went on like that for several months. And um, 
then it was about September time period. I would go out on my porch sometimes and on the porch and sit in a chair and try to listen to music on my phone. Just try to distract myself from some stuff. But um, that afternoon, uh, it wasn't it wasn't working. It wasn't focused on anything. I just kept thinking about why. You know, why, why did this happen? And I, I remember just kind of just thinking about all the dreams that I had had about, you know, start starting a family, having a farm, working on, you know, having my own framing crew and all this. And it just realizing that's never going to happen. And I just remember asking God, I said, what did I ever do to deserve this? You know, don't you know everything I could have done for you? What, why did, why did you let this happen to me? And then I, I just felt him press upon me. He says, this is not about you. Amen. And it was something my pastor had said, had said that in another conversation several weeks ago about, about something else, just that's a phrase, but the Lord brought it back to mind. He said, this is not about you. And at first, you know, I was really skeptical. I was like, okay, what do you mean? This is not about me. You know, I'm, I, I'm the one blind. How this can't not be about me. He just, just told me, he said, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. This is not about you. <laughs> and that was all he, that's all that I heard. And so I kind of sat there and was wondering about that. I was like, what, what do you mean? And by that and struggle with that for a couple of days. Like, what does this mean? It's not about me. And the Lord began to, to work on me and to show me. And I uh, had been get, I had gotten some lined paper from the partner of rehab and I began writing on there things. I wanted to be true about my life. You know, I, I'm not bitter about that. This thing isn't going to happen. Or I'm not angry that this is never going to be a reality. And the Lord began to convict me that that was wrong, that I was trying to, to uh, trying to create truth instead of actually writing truth. And he, he impressed upon me. He says, if you're going to write things, write things that are true. I was like, okay, well, what, what do you want me to write? What am I going to write? And he used a couple of verses from Philippians and Philippians has become a, a book that's really had a lot of significance uh, to me uh, at, from this point on. And uh, he, the verses of uh, Philippians four, six, and seven, and they say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything. by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your request make your let your request be made known to God in the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you know, it's verses I, I read before, but what really got to me, I don't know if I was reading it or he just called it to mind, or I forget now, but the the, the two words with Thanksgiving. And he said, if you're gonna write things, write things you're thankful for. And I was like, Whoa, what do I have to be thankful for? I was really struggling with that. I thought, you know, my life was ended, my life was over. And um, he began to call things to mind that he, he was with me. He had not forsaken me. I had his word, all these things. And I began to write those things. Began to write that I'm thankful for. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that I have God's word in my own language I can read. I'm thankful that he has, he has never forsaken me. And just things like that. And do that every day. And as I did that more, he started calling more and more things to mind to be thankful for. And actually things about my situation, about my family being there things about my friends not, not turning their backs on me. And as he did that over those weeks, as I began to write things I was thankful for, he, he gave me that peace. You know, my, nothing about my vision or my situation changed in that sense, but he, he took away that bitterness and that anger and that, that despair, that really that, that despair that life was over. And he gave me, he gave me peace. You know, I wasn't trying to create it on my own, but just trusting him and obeying what he had said. And he, he gave me that peace and, and then I begin to look at things in things in a, a new way, and to begin to have a joy that I, I didn't have before, even before the racket. Um, he he gave me a new joy with that, with following him. And so I begin to to press on, try to think of what I could do now, what um, what the Lord had for me. And it was uh, 
during all this whole time, uh, just past couple months up leading up to that, my pastor, he would kind of do something I thought was a joke. Um, he would say to me one time, it's like, hey, Luke, you remember that sermon you were supposed to do for me on Easter? Yeah, you still owe me that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever. You know, you're, you're just kind of trying to make some lighthearted comment. And then one day he came to me and says, okay, so about that sermon, would you do a full one? Would you do one for an entire Sunday night? And I'm like, you really want me to do this? And he's like, yeah, go ahead, do it. And I was like, okay, this is crazy. Um, but I ended up looking at John 21, a part where, where Jesus asks Peter three times, do, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And what, what that meant for Peter and, and what Jesus was telling him about this. And Jesus says, you know, don't, don't worry about John. You know, I'll deal with him. So he says, you follow me. You follow me. And um, there in John 21. And so I began to look at that. And I was like, okay, I think I could do this. And so my mom helped me create some braille notes and stuff. And I was able to, it was a, uh, to get up and to, to do that and to preach that, that Sunday night. I forget what time period. It was sometime in like October, like October I think. And then the Lord began to open up doors from there. And other pastors I had known, because I knew quite, quite a few, asked me to come and share my testimony with them. Or to even then, as time went on, to even be able to, to fill in uh, for them. And so as the Lord began to open up those doors, I kept thinking, oh, what is he calling me to? What can I do now? And just felt him leading me to, to preach. And it, you know, it scared me. You know, I didn't like getting up in front of people, but he, he was clearly leading me that way. And you may desire to do it. And so I decided, okay, I don't really like schooling, but if I'm going to do this, I need to do it right. And so I decided to go back to school and begin looking for some online programs and some things. And there's some hangups with paperwork issues and some issues with that. So I was just a couple of months. I was just like, what at the end of, of 2016 there, I was like, what, what do you want me to do? And I'm just sitting here, not, not finding anything to do. I'm just kind of wasting my time. I got to do something. And as I'm waiting to go back to school and I had always enjoyed, you know, um, ideas of like making movies. I, I didn't really like writing, but I loved making like little home movies out of like Legos or my family, things like that. And I was like, you know what, maybe I could just try to create a, create a story and, you know, so maybe something kind of like a movie type thing. And so I started using the screen reader on my computer to start typing out a story. And as I did, it just kept coming and it just kept coming. And I didn't set out to write a book. But um, about halfway through, I was like, you know what, this, this, maybe this could be a novel. And it was um, inspired by some things I'd gone through with trade school. It's not an autobiography, but just kind of some situations and that, that I had seen. And so I began to write it. And I, I didn't tell anyone what I was doing because I, I don't like people watching me while I work. And I wanted to be sure that I could do it myself before I actually told other people that I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote it and edited it a couple of times myself, read through it again, changed some stuff and did all this. And then finally, I, I decided to tell my, my family about it and um, did it in really probably a bad way, I realized later. But I told my parents that I wanted to talk with them uh, privately in my room, but I didn't tell them what it was about. And so my mom comes in, you know, she's bracing herself for anything. And then I tell her, you know, I, I'd written a book and uh, so then they helped me print it off and they edited it. My mom edited it and they were able to self-publish it through Amazon. And through that, I found that I loved writing and continued to start writing some more. So um, I'm going to stop you because I want yeah. you to tell them the names and the titles of your books and where they could get them. I want you to keep going, okay. but I want to take you off because I want people to yeah. know these four, these four books and what are these four books about? Okay. Yeah. So the first one is called The Master of My Life and it's uh, 
a modern day uh, novel and it's about this uh man uh a young man named josh he's early 20s and he, he has a past you know he's really angry at um his dad uh comes from a, comes from a, a divorced family and, and just has kind of been out on his own for a while and he's angry at god and he's he's seen a lot of rough things and he he's trying to reconcile how could a loving god allow all this evil suffering in the world and through a series of events that he do, didn't foresee, he ends up being basically placed side by side with this 12 year old kid, Paul, who has terminal cancer. And through his interactions with Paul, Josh is wrestling with this, more things from his past keep coming up and he's trying to, he's trying to run from it, but he, he can't escape. And he's having to deal with these, uh, these issues and these questions and kind of his journey uh, through that. And so that's that book. It's a standalone novel. And the other one, it, the other three are the Chess and Valley series, the, the Choice, the Cry, and the Change. And I've always loved history. And so uh, what the inspiration for this story was a young man, Peter Brenton, uh, he's 19, and he lives, he, he's adamantly, it's in the period of the, around the Civil War. So it starts off, the series starts before the war. He's adamantly opposed to slavery in any form. He, he, he knows it's wrong. He's seen a lot of the uh, the evils of it and he wants to oppose it and he, he's working to, to, to bring an end to that then the war starts and he has to make a choice because he lives in Virginia and so it's what it was he do and it's how he do it so that the stories continue from before the conflict uh, through the war and, and into the aftermath afterwards and, and the reconstruction when Peter realizes after he comes home from the war that uh that things have got that uh, the war has struck a lot closer to the home to home than he actually than he ever realized, and so his his struggles with bitterness and uh, reconciliation with that, and so they can they can be found at my website at, at lukecybert.com. Cybert's S E I B E R T. I've also got them on Amazon there with, with Kindle. You can check them out. Yeah, and and I'm gonna put those in the show notes as well as when I do a WordPress page, I will write because you also have a WordPress page where you blog a little bit as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. And, and what do you, what do you blog about most? Do you blog about your life? Do you blog about, you know, just God? Do you blog about your, your sermons? What, what's your favorite thing to blog about? Yeah. Mostly what I blog about is things I'm studying about in scripture. A lot of times what I read about in the morning, uh, other times just other topics that God calls to mind, uh, through events that are happening things like that. And so it's, it's, uh, things about scripture and about different topics and what the Lord's leading me to. I'm so, I'm reading through the book of Jeremiah right now. So the past couple of ones have been about some of these promises God has made to his people uh, there, there in Jeremiah. So when you, so when you're reading in Jeremiah, cause I do that every so often because my blog and um, I've literally like, you know, I do this whole thing about Jesus. Um, I read all of Mark and then I, God just took me through this whole thing about how it's not really about the miracles and the signs. It's more about following Jesus and Jesus telling the story mm. about God. So I get it. Like, so you will read your, your Bible and then come up with like your thoughts or your analogies and just what yeah. you learn. Yeah. Yep. Kind of and then I'm sure. And mm -hmm. I'm and sorry. Just tie it together with some stuff from the, tie that in with things from the new Testament and just, just show how, uh, how all about will start off with a point that I'm reading in scripture and kind of expand to show how different parts of the Bible all had that same message. Well, as I told you, and, and we're going to get more into your story and that kind of thing, because I know there's a lot more because this is 19 because now what are you 24 years old? Yeah. 
So I have to tell people that I have told Luke since the day I met him. And let me go back a little bit on how I met Luke. As you all know, we've talked about, I've talked about Anne. I've done an interview with Anne. Anne interviewed him because he is an author and she met him through, they do a writing group together. You can talk about that in a second, Luke, because I don't know the name of it because I'm not a part of that. Yeah. But um, so she asked him to come on her show. And of course she does authors. So she interviewed him in his book. And when I heard his amazing, he said three or four words that just really hit home that I was like, okay, I need him on my podcast because I'm struggling so much in, in my blindness. But I, I've heard people say to me, oh, like, how, do, how did I put it earlier to you, Luke? I was saying that, you know, people think, oh, well, that's never going to happen to me or anything like yeah. that. And God was pretty much like, you know, there you go, Teresa. Not that I wanted to meet someone. And, and I, I don't feel sorry for you, Luke, because you are in my hall of fame of people that I want to be more like. I want to be more like you. I, I, I struggle still with my blindness. And as we spoke, you know, the difference for me is, and again, this isn't about me, but, you know, just to share stories back and forth is, you know, I still have a little bit of sight. So like I said, you use what, what you have and you know, I'm not fighting not to be totally blind and I'd like to do more and I do a lot, but I am here alone, not, you know, I'm yeah. physically alone, but I'm not. So I have those struggles, but God is working in the midst of everything. Just like you said, you were kind of scared about like, where's this going to lead me? And do I really want to get up on the pulpit and preach? I say the yeah. same thing. People told me for years, you're going to write a book and you need to write a book and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I need a ghostwriter or whatever. But now God's saying, listen, this happened and I need you to do this and I need you to trust me. And for me, Romans 8, 28 comes alive so well, mm, Yeah, you know, but let's keep going with you. And, and you are, again, you, every night I go to bed, I am thankful that, that our paths have crossed that Anne had interviewed you and, and that we are now good friends that you're on my Facebook page. I, I know I'm, you know, what, 26 years older, but I, I consider you, I don't want to say my son, but a really good friend. And I hope yeah, we, yeah. you know, we stay lifelong friends forever. And, and I'm so glad to, to have you in my circle of friends and that no matter what my life is, I, it's more complete because you are there and you are teaching me so much. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate that. Oh, so yeah. go ahead. Uh, I say thank you. Oh yeah, I no problem. Um, so anyway, so now, so now you've been preaching. You've written for you've written a book, and so that's where we left yeah. off. You you're, you told your parents, and your mom helped you, so you got yeah. the first one up, which obviously encouraged you to write three more. Which so now you have a right. total of four. So not only are you now pastoring and going to a a, a um a seminary school, you are now writing books, things that you said at the beginning of this, if people remember, <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. That's not what I want to do. Right, exactly. Now we are going to break for a minute because Luke is not done. Luke has done so many more things that we are probably going to break two more times before we get to it all. Because when we get back, Luke's going to tell you something else that he's done while he's blind for his sister, which he may be pulling it out because he's probably thinking at this point, where is she going? Because, you know, I, if you've listened to Anne's interview, you would have heard this, but I just want to pull a lot more while he is blind, while his life is changing, while God is orchestrating things, he is showing how it doesn't matter. God is right. Let's be thankful for what we go through because God can orchestrate all kinds of things. You may be blind, but you still have sight because sight, walking by faith is so much better than walking with sight. So come, hold on. Let me do a, a break. I'm going to do a commercial for, um, for Luke's family's soap company, and then we'll be right back. All right, Luke, can you hold on for a minute so we could do that? Yep. All right, hold yeah. on. Here at Soap Commander, we are devoted to bringing you quality soaps and men's grooming products. And it doesn't mean that our products are just for men. 
primarily focused upon that. We've got wet fashion shaving soaps. We have aftershave balm, aftershave splash, things like that. But we also have a hand bath soap and a bar soap form. We've also some lotions and things which are very popular so we encourage you to go check those out it was a family-run business so can we run that here from our home and everyone in the family helps out it may be something as simple as hey we've got a lot of soaps to package today so everyone let's let's go into the soap shop and let's do some work together and so we encourage you to check us out online we're at www.soapcommander.com we're also on facebook and instagram check us out there we encourage you to stop by, see what products that we offer, and check some out, and maybe pick up some of our sample packages. Okay, guys, we are back, and now we are only, I just found out during the commercial break, because I get to talk to Luke while you guys are just listening to that commercial. Um, by the time he writes most of these books, he's only 20. He is starting this. His mom has helped him. He is only 20. Now, I don't know what age this happens, but I'm sure he'll fill us in. But this next thing is he helps his sister and he gets back to doing some of this carpentry stuff. So, Luke, why don't you talk about what, you, what you're building, what you're doing for your sister, what is going on, how old were you? You just keep going, yeah. my love, and let God, God orchestrate this Romans 8, 28. All things are possible. Go ahead. Life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I wrote that that first book there when I was 20, and then uh, I'm going to be able to start back at school. Uh, I'll just say this real quick about the starting there at Clark Summit University, doing that online. And the first thing the Lord had really worked out was that I took the first class there that I took was called Principles of Interpretation. And I got that, and I figured out that we were actually going to be studying a particular book of the Bible, and that book was Philippians. And I was like, oh, man, that's the book that God had been using in my life since I become blind. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. So that, that class really changed a lot of how I, I approached scripture and looking at how, how to interpret a passage and things like that. And so went on with that and then wrote books over the next couple of years, finished writing those other three. Yes. Uh, I hear you. Do that. And then so had, no, I guess maybe the past two years or so, then started getting back a little bit into actually uh, some woodworking right. things. We've got uh, an exterior garage and stuff. So we've got that set up and I've got a, a little click rule to measuring device specifically designed for uh, blind people allows me to be able to vet measure and i was really familiar with all the tools before and hasn't taken me to uh, been able to work over time to get back into using different ones and getting comfortable with them and so i started piddling around with some small stuff like making some little coasters for like you know coffee or whatever put on coffee tables making those and then i guess it was uh i guess it was earlier this year uh in january my mom was talking to us. one of my sisters has a desk and it has like a, a top on it but the top has like a covering on it. it's just peeling off it just looks looks old and stuff and so she's trying to figure out if we need to get a new one or do something else i'm like well i can just make a new top for it that'll go over it and cover it and so i was able to do that um i was able to get some some oak and be able to to glue that up and, and cut it to what it needed to be to make a new new top there for the desk and so done that made it made another cabinet and things so just I don't get out in the shop every day, but I do enjoy going out there and piddling with some stuff and work on some projects like that. So isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You thought you weren't going to be able to do it and God's showing you, ah, uh -uh, all things are possible. All, all right. things are possible. And I, I know we've talked a little bit and, and I'm going to, first of all, let me tell you guys what's happening just in case it gets a little bit noisy. Um, we are, I'm going to air this in two weeks by the time this plays the, the Dallas, um, 
the Dallas disaster weather thing will be way over, but um, I had some pipes break in my apartment. So there might be a little bit of noise from that. I'm praying that they're not too loud, but if you hear a little bit of noise in the background from that, please forgive it. But I'm praying that you can hear Luke through all this, but let's get back Luke. Um, so that's just amazing. God, you know, Oh, I was getting ready to say, do you do know about Hadley school for the blind, correct? Or Hadley yeah. Institute. Yeah. Yeah. I have taken some uh, courses through Hadley, mm -hmm. um, was able to do them through correspondence about, um, they, there's a way to change, transcribe music into Braille. So I've taken a couple of their uh, music, reading braille music class uh, courses right yeah. and they do have some they have like a like a crafting class and that kind of mm. thing and woodworking so i don't know if you know about that but all those things are available and it, and i blogged about hadley because that's how i got my blog up and running and that kind of thing but again just wanted to make sure you you know i, I kind of knew you knew um about that so you made this desk for your sister and god's bringing you full circle to do practically everything you want to do plus more how does that make you feel at this at, during while all this is going on yeah, it's, it's been crazy, um, but it's something that the Lord has really done a work in me because at the time of the wreck, I couldn't imagine doing anything else other than carpentry. And I almost have kind of made that like, you know, that work my life, you know, it's pretty much all I did, all I dreamed about, all I wanted to do was just work with wood. And so when that was what I thought snatched away, that was, that was a really hard pill to swallow. And then when the Lord dealt with me and dealt and worked with me and I came to a point where I could say, okay. God, if I, I'm content and I'm okay if I never do any of that again. You know, I, I didn't think there was at the time. I didn't think there was a way to be able to do it. And um, so it was really beginning at peace. And then just as things came up, I realized there was something I could, they need to be done. I was like, well, I could try it and start getting back into it. And so now it's just kind of a fun hobby. I don't try to make it my focus, but I do enjoy getting out there as a hobby. And so that's just been a, a really neat blessing that it didn't have to happen, but the Lord did allow that, that to be able to continue. Amen. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if one day I'm on the phone with you and you're telling me you're building a house for you and your wife because <laughs> you're only 24 at this age and God can amazing yeah. things can happen and you can you can meet amazing friends. You know, I mean, you know, people, you never know what God's going to take you through. And that's mainly what I'm what the purpose of all this is, 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 you know, Luke probably didn't like his struggle, as you heard, but he knew he was blessed. And again, he's not alone in this journey. We think we're so alone, but we are not, guys. You know, um, like Luke said, he didn't know some anyone who was blind. He, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. He just met some lady in church at one point and said hello. And that was the gist of it. But I'm not saying that that's going to be your journey or whatever, but we just don't know what tomorrow brings. So just always remember, as my pastor says, we're either going in, coming out, or going through something, or ending something and starting it over. But God is always on your side deuteronomy 31 8 who says he'll never leave you or forsake you all right luke so at this point how old are you because now you've built this desk now you've done more things because you i mean i know there's more i know there's more that you have done for the lord and you've done just in general um yeah. so um done that uh we uh, were able to go out to a mission trip a couple of years, uh, two years ago, actually the first uh, really traveling thing I had done it in a while. Um, we did go out for vacation one time in terms of like mission trip. I hadn't done that in a while, but went out to Texas a couple of years ago after some of the bad hurricanes that came through and uh, went in there to help uh, a local pastor. His house had been damaged by the hurricane. So he we went in there to go help that. And uh, they're going to be replacing the cabinets there. So I didn't help do that, but I did, you know, explain to my brothers and my dad about okay here's how you would install the cabinets or here's how you do this and help hold stuff and then while i was there I did have the opportunity to preach 
there for that uh, church that was started up and able to play. Um, and so I got back, started playing guitar because for a while I couldn't really move my fingers a whole lot. They were kind of, it took a lot to, to get back and to be able to use them. So I wasn't able to play guitar for a while, but then was it the Lord has allowed that to be able to continue and able to get back pretty much all range of my, my fingers and my left hand to, be able to play. And so while we were there in Texas, got connected with a good friend of my, of my parents and, um, we were able to play bluegrass together with some friends of his and local group there. And so I enjoyed doing that and I play locally here with some friends. We don't, we don't like do gigs or, or play at churches and it's just getting together mostly and, and playing together like that. And so do that. And um, now so the you, church I'm at now, go ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. And then I'll, I'll let you finish that statement. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So the church I'm at now, uh, I do preach uh, regular, you know, once a month of mm -hmm. uh, uh, that and help write some of the articles we put in the bulletin each week. And if them feeling for our pastor when he's out of town and then I host a, a Bible study with some other young people here locally, we try to do that once a month going through the book of Romans, but um, have been doing that in person, had to go zoom for a little bit because of the a pandemic and stuff, but we're trying to get back together in person to be able to do that. But yeah. Have you realized, and, and I'm th sitting here thinking while I'm listening to you, have you realized you are only 24 and you have done more things since you are 24 with a blindness with life that most people ever accomplished just in mm. 60, 70 years. Have you ever thought of that? God is, God is amazing. My friend, he is yeah. absolutely amazing what he's doing. And I guys, I can't wait to see 20 more years or five more years down the road, which yeah. you're going to do because you are already doing it all, you mm. know, and, and you're just a joy and a, and a pleasure to speak with. Thank you. The, the Lord, he's opened a lot of doors and, you know, a lot of the doors I wouldn't have had open to me um, had I not lost my sight. And so there's a verse, I think it's like John 10 mm -hmm. uh, verses three and four talk about how Jesus says that he is a shepherd. He, he goes before us mm -hmm. and prepares the way. And uh, that's from the, the scriptures are from the, the, the new American standard Bible, the 95 edition. But I just, that's a thought I've gone thought about a lot about too, about ways that God has gone before and prepared the way that I didn't know about, didn't expect. And um, Luke, you are so, amazing. Uh, I am smiling. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you. You are you are making me smile at this moment. Not only did you give a Bible verse, you gave a the the name of the 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 Bible you used, and then the version, the year that it was. <laughs> that yeah. is impressive, my friend. Impressive. <laughs> Some people don't oh, even know which you. Bible they're reading from. So God is again just glorifying you so much. Mm -hmm. So guys, we are going to take another break, and then Luke is going to surprise us with something else, and then we're going to come back and wrap it up. And I'm going to ask Luke a few more questions, but wait till you hear this part of the journey. But so we're going to take a moment of a break and then we will just be amazed by this next part. So we'll be right back for, with another break, guys. This is Luke from Ardmore, Alabama. And one of the passages I go to when I'm struggling is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It says in part, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And that's from the King James Version of the Bible. Alright, so this is a song that I've written. It's called, This is the Covenant. It's based on Jeremiah 31, 31-34. And uh, here it is. Come 
there's more coming on the podcast. I just want to take a quick minute and say that the scripture quotations I used for this song and other places here in the podcast are taken from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, copyright 1971-1995 by the Lachlan Foundation, all rights reserved, used by permission. All right, guys, we are back, and we had to pre-record that. Um, so Luke sent me a recording, and I hope you enjoyed it. I've listened to it. Luke knows what he's played. So thank you, Luke, for that amazing musical piece. Um, so Luke, let me ask you at this point, is there any advice you would give to anyone that's going through a struggle or think they can't go through it or just had an accident or, or anything? What would you give? Yeah. What, what advice would you give? I would really say to, to, to look to look to the Lord and what I mean by that is uh, trusting him to know that he, he will give strength. He, he has been with me through uh, trials and as soon as he went, he went out explain why we go through things. Like I, there's been a couple of times over these past couple of years, I thought I've realized, okay, so this is why you allowed the wreck and this is else will happen. Maybe this is it. But I think honestly to know is that, yeah, we can, we can try to wonder why, but we may never know the exact reason. We just know that God's in control. He allowed this for a purpose. And you know, I, I keep thinking about this too, is that my life should have ended in that wreck, but it didn't, you know, he, he allowed it just enough to you know, let my mind, to, to let my eyes uh, be taken, but um, to lose my eyesight, but that was it. And so I'm like, okay, so for what, why did you, why did you leave that? Why did you let me live for what, what purpose do you still have for me and try to look for that and, try to look beyond myself and not, not feel sorry for myself. And that's hard. You know, some days it, it can be difficult. You know, there's still some times where I kind of, I don't struggle a little bit with some things that have changed, but I try to remember, okay, you know, don't, don't be pitying yourself, feeling sorry for yourself. Know what the Lord, look what the Lord's done for you and how he's still been with you and what he still has a purpose for you and trying to look for that and trying to live for him. You know, I'm going to give you some words of encouragement, and I really know you know this, but a, a few years ago when I lost that job, and I used to question why all the time and say, you know, why me, God, why is this happening? Why is, you know, but then a girl, Summer, um, beautiful girl that I worked with, who was my reader, you know, one day I, I came to her and, and she was Bible studying and she wanted to do more things for the Lord and her husband, now her husband, he, um, is a carpenter and he was, he's trying to kind of the same, not, he's not blind or anything, but has that same kind of story, but he was looking to be a pastor mm. or is looking to be a pastor. And probably at this point, he's probably doing more. But I said to her one day, what Bible verse should I read? Like, I just was, we we're just talking. And, mm. and she said, Miss Teresa, I, I think you should read Jeremiah. I think it was not Jeremiah. So Job. And it's 29, I think it was, was it 39 or 29? Forgive me for not knowing the exact place, but it's the, it's the verses where, where Job questions why mm. he gives those verses on, like, he just gives those chapters. I think it's two chapters where he's just questioning God, why did this happen? What's going on? And it was, it was profound to me because then God comes back and says, no, 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 you don't have a right. I created you. And it goes, you know, it goes deeper yeah. than that. So at that point, I went back to work the other day and said to Summer, Summer, you don't know what you've done for me. And she kind of looked at me and she's a very quiet little girl. And not, she's really, you know, she's about your age, but she came back and I, she just looked at me and I'm like, those, vi those verses that, that ch those chapters in Job just resonated. Like, mm. so I've never questioned ever again. I'm like, God, you know what? You take the wheel. Kind of like yeah. that what is that uh carry song um yeah carrie underwood yeah yeah you know and 
but I, I, I knew, like I said, a few weeks ago, I knew that God had a better, bigger plan for me. And, and I do, I I'm grateful. Like you, you, you know, you're kind of saying you're leaning on the Lord and he had to show you, but he made your heart not be bitter. So if I can give you any words of encouragement, which I really know you have, and you can hold tight to is, is the whole Job scenario. You know, yeah. Job, Job didn't even know he was being tested. He had no clue in chapter one, you know, the devil and, and Jesus are having, or got not got Jesus, but because before Jesus, but they're having that whole conversation. He's like, tempt him. Yeah. Just don't take his soul. Right. And, and go ahead. Nope. Go. No, say, and Job is actually the book of the Bible that God really used in my mom's life. After really? That. Yes. Really questioning. Why did you allow this to happen? Because the, um, there was a truck in front of me and another pickup truck. And then the two, two people in the moving van. And I was the only one with injuries that needed to be hospitalized for. And so my mom was like, why? why? Why only me and not anyone else? And got really used that, that Job and her. And there's one verse, I forget what it is, but basically God's talking about setting a limit for this. God's saying he set a limit for the sea that it will come to this point, not cross any farther. And God had just really impressed upon my mom's side was that he allowed the wreck to go so far, just to take my eyes and nothing else because he gave so you that, so yeah. much more yeah he gave you so much more and, and you know when he created his son and his you know in the very beginning he he gave us his son he just had to work you know his plans for everything yeah he gave you grace yes wow yeah. so your mom leaned on this bible verse huh yeah she, she learned she leaned on the book of Job. yep was there one verse that you know that she leaned on more than another or uh, you... I can't remember the I can't remember the reference. It was just the the whole setting the limits for the sea. There's a, that verse. I forget when where that is. All right. So ask your mom because grandma struggles will come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you get your mom to uh, give her Bible verse for her son and what she leaned on during those times? If she doesn't mind, I'm sure she wouldn't. I'm sure she'd be honored. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm giving you more work. I'm sorry, my. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Uh, you guys don't know during the commercial break. I just keep stacking up the work for this poor gentleman. But, you know, it really is just to show how you guys, how merciful, how lovely, how wonderful mm -hmm. the Lord is and how, again, I cannot in every podcast, every episode can only tell you guys, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what you're going through, God is there. He is merciful. Mm -hmm. You know, just because we've lost our sight and you may not be dealing with a loss of sight, but just because of this, God will get you through it. You know, I, I, I don't know. What do you think about this, um, Luke? What do you think about those people that just can't believe? It's kind of hard for me because it's like, I guess, because it's not tangible. You can't touch it. You can't feel it, that they just don't want to let it be real. Yeah. I don't know. I think some, I don't know. Some people have different struggles. Some people, right. they'll acknowledge, okay, yeah, I hear all this, but I don't want to believe it because I want to do my own thing. Uh, I don't, I don't want to believe that there's a God I have to give an account to. Or, or conform to something. That's my thought right. process. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's that. And other times that's, it, Jesus talks about how he has to draw people and no one can come to him unless he, he draws them. And so some of it, I think it's been that some people, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't drawn yet. He, the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted. And so you can, you know, tell them all stuff and you know, share testimonies, but until he, until he works in their heart, they may, they may not receive it. Amen. Absolutely. We could go on all day because I know you, Luke, because now I, I know you well enough to say when we talk about our God, we are just so proud and we just want to boast so much because, again, Romans 8, 28, all things are caused for the glory. And I'm sure there's a ton more. And but yeah. So. So, all right, Luke. So we've, we've given what your thought process was to anyone who's going through or what you would say to someone who's going through a struggle. We 
we've hit on so many aspects of your life. Now I just want to wrap it all up for everybody and just pretty much say, where can they find you? What are you doing next? What is, what is, what does Luke Cyber's life look like in a few months? What are you working on today? And again, just, just, I'll put it in the show notes, but tell us where we can find you for all these amazing things. Okay. So yeah. So on uh, Facebook, uh, Luke Cyber, and there I, I post links to my, to my blog article and upload some videos of some of the music that I play and, or just other thoughts that I've had or things like that. Um, also we found at lukecybert.com and those are the two places I can probably be found. I, uh, not really on any other social media points at this point, but, um, so doing that and in terms of what we're doing forward in the next couple months or over this year, I've got a couple of books I'm working on right now. One is the, um, the, the story about becoming blind and what God taught me through that and going into more detail of what we talked about today and sharing some more of the stories like that. And so we're editing that now and hopefully have that out before too long. And then uh, hopefully a couple more novels will be coming out uh, shortly as well. That's amazing, Luke. You, you are amazing. I'd love to have you on again. I'd love, you know, when you do some more, whatever, wherever God takes you, I, I am so glad to just be your friend and watch your journey and grow with you and just learn more about you. And just, and like I told you, I'm hoping, and I know she will, I'm even hoping to hear you preach because a few weeks ago, as I told people and I gave the wrong place, but, um, oh gosh, I'm going to do it again. I'm so bad with this kind of stuff, but, um, Christian fellowship for the blind is where I preached a few weeks ago or gave us or my testimony or, or the boat and the Jesus story. Um, I know my friend Randa is going to want to have you there. So I can't wait to have you do that and listen to you there. I will totally log in and do that kind of thing, but maybe, you know, we'll have you back for something else if you don't mind, but thank you for your time, your energy, your, your love for the Lord, your willingness to share your, just your journey. I can't even apologize for what you're going through because I know again, Romans eight twenty eight, and I'm just, I'm just mm. blessed and honored to be your friend. I really, well, truly you. am. I really am. Yeah, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wrap it up guys. Thank you for listening. I know this one's long, but it is well worth the listen. Hopefully you listen to the end or you picked it back up later, but again, that's everywhere you could see Luke and we will have it in the show notes and have a blessed and wonderful day. And like I always say, I pray that God keeps you. He holds you. He gives you the peace that you need and no weapon formed against you still prosper until next time, guys. It's been a great journey. And thank you again, Luke. Have a great and wonderful day, guys. everybody this is Anne from the inspirational journeys podcast and I'm here today with Teresa from struggling blessed but not alone podcast how are you today Anne I'm doing good how about you Teresa I'm good so what's up I've got some news for you really what's that did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts no can you please share more about that Okay, so while you're listening to our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. Wait a minute, Anne. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day.
You have been listening to Struggling Blessed But Not Alone with your host, Teresa Cafanti. Remember, no matter what struggles you face in life, with God on your side, you are never alone. If you like what you heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, you can visit Teresa-Blessings.blog for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.